Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome today to Bible study time. Here we are looking once again at St. Paul's wonderful letter to the Ephesians. Well, it's a marvelous document of full of admonitions and doctrines and things that are important to remember. And one of the things that's good to remember is that uh, by the time the Gospels were written, St. Paul was probably dead and gone. He had gone to heaven because he was, uh, this is one of some of the most oldest material in the uh, New Testament itself. So we're privileged to look at it today and, and, and thank God for this holy word which is given to us. I'm going to be opening chapter 5 of Ephesians. Of course, there's six chapters in Ephesians. We talked about that. The first three are about Paul's doctrine and theology. The last three are how he applies that to these churches in Ephesus, what he wants them to do, the application that he wants them to make. And here in chapter 5, see, we're right in the middle of those applications. And it's important, uh, it's important stuff here because you get a glimpse of not only what Paul's vision for the early church was, but you get an idea of what might have been going on in those early churches at that time that makes him inspired to speak against some of these things. Now, as we read this text this morning, I have chosen the King James Version in particular because of the words that are used that are significant for us to hear once again. They are strong words. You, you wouldn't hardly use them in a, in a public discourse, some of them, because the words are just, just sharp and pointed right to something he's trying to address. So look, let us look at this and we're going to go from chapter Chapter 5 of Ephesians, we're going to go verse 1 through 20. And if we get don't go too far, we'll stop along about there. And then the, the, the next group will pick up there and probably go on to the end of the chapter. And here we are. Let us read. If you look in your Bible, Ephesians 5, verse 1. You turn to that. Ephesians 5, verse 1. We'll begin. Be ye therefore followers of God, dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us in an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covered to its nest, let it not be once named among you, becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this we know that no whoremonger nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance 
in the kingdom of God and of Christ. Let no one deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for we were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody. In your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is the reading of Ephesians 5 verse 1 through 20 in the King James Version. It is full of smells and sensations sounds it is full of warnings against various sins it is full of the glory of a Lord who is just as likely to have wrath as is to have love which is a strange sort of a thing to think about because we like a loving God we want to talk about God as as a God of, of infinite patience, of abounding grace. Uh, and here Paul is giving these warnings, warnings about a wrathful God. A God of love, yes, but one not to be trifled with, to be feared, uh, to be respected, to be honored. Uh, so, what we're going to do is look at each verse, see how far we get, and look at some of the observations therein. Verse 1 of what was read. If you look at verse 1, you will see in the King James Version, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. The following, the, follow, the word follow means to imitate him. 
imitate God. It is all right to be in the image of God. Martin Luther called it Imago Dei. That is to say the image of God. We are made in the image of God. What better thing can we imitate than Jesus in our life as church people? And remember, this is addressed to a church and church people. It is for a whole group of people trying to be the church, to have the church. Verse 2, walk in love as Christ also has loved us, hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now, what in the world is this sweet-smelling savor all about? Well, it is about this notion that, well, quite put it quite simply, Jesus has an aroma of sweetness and goodness, a perfume like was given to him at his birth by the Magi, like was put in his hair by a woman who loved him. All around Jesus is this aura of sweet-smelling savor, which is said, because he is the ultimate sacrifice of God sent to this earth. The church down through the ages has tried in many ways to duplicate this. The Hebrew faith as well, burn all sorts of uh, offerings and, and so forth to get this sweet smell in the air. The most remarkable I, I came across was the, the uh, censer in the church in uh, Galicia, Spain, Galicia. Church of Santiago de Compostilla is in Spain that has the largest censer in the world. You, you good Protestants may not know what a censer is, but it is that thing that the, the acolyte whirls around his head and, <laughs> at the altar and it's smoking and it's on, you can clearly tell it's on fire. And when they have a processional into the church, the censer turns this thing around in his hand uh, on, on chain, on a chain, and it gives off this sweet-smelling smoke that goes all through the sanctuary, like a modern-day uh, smoke machine. We do the same thing we try to do with our, uh, some of our bands have these things that emanate smoke machines. I remember one time in Brazil when we went to a, <laughs> we went to a, a, a church that had a, a band like that, rock band, guitars and and drums, and in the middle of it all was a smoke machine. So, but in Galatia, Spain, the sensa is not whirled by one man, but by eight men in red robes, and that thing weighs 180 pounds. It's as big as a trash can, and they pull that, all that thing up in the air and swing it back and forth all the way down the aisle of the sanctuary. That thing's smoking and puffing all the way back up the aisle of the nave like that, and they'll do that thing over and over. And it to put that sweet smell and savor and remind us that our prayers goes up to God, just like smoke. The more we pray, the more we put out smoke, and God hears us. So that's an interesting thing to think about. And I want to use it to kind of a theme that goes through here. Think this morning about what what smells delightful. And what stinks to high heaven? And another thing you ought to think about too. Because the warning here is that just as something, just as Jesus smells good, the devil is as rotten as a bunch of old eggs. That is to say it smells terrible. And your olfactory nerves are connected directly to your brain. There's nothing in between. 
That's why these poor people with COVID lose a sense of taste and smell because you, you get in your nose, it goes directly into your brain and has some kind of effect on it. But, but that, that, that's power in that for us to remember what we get close to, what we get a whiff of. If it's bad enough, it'll, it'll come right directly to the brain. So verse three, but fornication, all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints. All right. That's chapter, that's verse three. The end of it is the hope that we will be saintly, that we will be a group of people in the church that have a sense of what it is to be holy and saintly. The word fornication here is parnia, where we get the word porn, which is evil, where we get the word pornographic, which means evil writings. Some senator, I don't know who it was, 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 was asked what whether or not something might or might not be pornographic. And his reply was, I, I don't know whether it is or not, because the only way I can tell is if I see it. <laughs> so you got, got to see it in order to determine what it is. But that's what that word means. And covered to it, that's, you don't want to, but this must not be named among you. Fornication and covetousness. Covetousness is greediness. The sense of being a greedy individual, wanting more and more of things. More and more. Just being greedy. You want what you want and you don't want anybody else to have what you got. That's greedy. That's a greedy. That must not be named among us. In verse four, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather the giving of thanks. So just as he thinks the church should be saints and then warns against those things that would detract from it, here he thinks the church needs to be thankful, thankful all the time, and he gives things that are warnings against that. But thankfulness here in this verse 3, 4 that is, has respect to the Eucharist. Eucharista. Eucharist is a Greek word for thanks. We use it for the word for the Holy Communion. Eucharistic prayers are Holy Communion prayers. So the Eucharist is the end result of what he wants to the church. Saints doing the Eucharist. Now, what detracts from the Eucharist? Well, he lays it out here. Filthiness, foolish talking, jesting, which are not good, which are not, not convenient. So we want to guard against not being serious enough about the Eucharist, not being, not taking it and its function uh, seriously, taking it so less seriously that we don't even have it on Sunday. We think we can get by without it, uh, which which is which many people do, but it's at their own peril because the Eucharist is the backbone and foundation of of a of a church that is, uh, shall we say. Uh, important in the eyes of the community. A church that doesn't, is not sacramental, has not much sense of that, is not going to be as, as important as one that does for the sense that it will be a place where love will abound and all will be welcome to the table. Not because you got to dream up some uh, welcoming program for everybody, but because the nature of the table is that all are welcome to it. Come do it. So 
all that hospitality stuff we think about, that's what that means. Get to that table. If you can come to that table, you go to a church that can, that'll let you to have to that, come to that table, then you, you're welcome as you're going to be. Aunt Margaret can welcome you too, but that's not the same as being welcomed by Jesus himself at his table. That, that's important. That's important. Well, verse six. I mean five, sorry. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. All right. The word whoremonger there is a Greek word for prostitution. It's as simple as that. It's simple as that. It, 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 it's, uh, the word is like a paramour. That is to have love beside. Instead of uh, holy love and marriage, this this individual here, you know, is a paramour. That is to say, the old English word here is whoremonger. Uh, I was in Italy not too many years ago, and we went to the city of Pompeii as tourists. City of Pompeii, you know, was was destroyed about seventy something A.D. around this same time. Uh, by a volcano that blew up and covered the place up completely. And now they're digging it up again. I've been digging it up for some years, since the 1800s. And now they've unclosed much of it. But the thing about Pompeii that they discovered was that these houses of ill repute, where it was possible to engage in the, the prostitution, were all over town in different places. And there was one that's been rebuilt, reconstructed, uh, dug out of the ground with the continual uh, artwork on the walls that are suggestive of what, what took place inside, which was nothing more than pornographic things. And I, I, I was going through that. The tour guide was doing a great job giving us a wonderful tour. And I was thinking, my Lord, I've come all the way to Italy, uh, flew across the Atlantic, Come down there on a train, and what am I seeing today? I'm being escorted by a tour guide through a house of ill repute from 70 A.D. But it shows you the extent in that society of this practice. It was everywhere. Uh, and, and sacred prostitutes were everywhere, particularly in Corinth. In, in the, the letter there where Paul talks about clanging symbols, He's talking about the, the the little symbols on the ankles of the temple prostitutes walking around town. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about a symbol in a band. He's talking about that. Well, this and covetousness and idolaters have no inheritance in the kingdom of God and Christ. So these are the things that are knock you dead. Knock you out. Being greedy, uh, being an idolater. Loving something more than you do God? Do you love something more than you do God? You better check yourself or you wreck yourself. Now in verse 6, let no one deceive you with vain words. Because of these things cometh the wrath of God. Seduction today is doctrinally real real in the world. Uh, You can be seduced very easily by false teaching in this age. So that's another thing. The church needs to be holy in the sense of it has its 
uh, beliefs together. Verse 7, be ye, not, be ye therefore not partakers with them. Verse 8, for ye were sometimes in darkness, but now you are in light of the Lord. So walk as the children of light. Simple enough. Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Fruit of the Spirit. You, that's because in verse uh, 11, we find unfruitful. A, a correlation between the two. Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of the darkness, but rather reprove them. Reprove them means to bring them conviction. means to speak against that. To talk it down. To not allow sin to uh, be among you. This is a church that Paul thinks is most reasonable, most ready to receive the Holy Spirit of God. Verse 12, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Shamefulness, shame. He feels this vile sense of shame on someone who is not saintly, on someone who is not the, the producing the kind of church that he thinks should be produced. Verse 13, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Light cast out darkness because darkness can't got nowhere else to go. When light hits it, it just disappears. Wherefore he said, awake thou that sleepest, rise from the dead, Christ will give you light. So you don't want to go to sleep on this. Well, awaken to this teaching that he's talking about, about cleanliness and honesty and goodness. In verse 15, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Of somebody, street talk for walking circumspectly is look around yourself. Be, a care, be careful when, you, when you're walking down the street, look in front of you and on the sides of you, and every now and then turn your head around and look behind you, see who's following you. Work, work on yourself in your faith circumspectly. Not, not only where you're going, but where you've been and look on either side. Look around. Be careful. Redeeming the time because the days are evil, he says. He perceives the world as a place where darkness abounds and the saints are, are going through it with those things they need to get through. I want you to take a look with me at verse 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. To be unwise is to have no reason about you. No reason. He thinks you should. You should, should be reasonable. Wherefore be ye not unwise. The church needs to be reasonable. Some things churches do sometimes is more very unreasonable. You have to be reasonable. Uh, he says here, and be not drunk with wine in verse 18, which is excess, but be filled with the spirit. It is intoxication. Intoxication is a dangerous thing. And it, it particularly in and around church, you understand? But, but, but intoxication by the spirit, that's another thing. Sometimes people get worked up on the Holy Ghost power. And they look like a bunch of drunks, uh, falling all around and everything. How, how do you tell the difference? Well, you tell the difference 
by the sweet-smelling snava, for one thing. A bunch of drunks smells awful. You ever been around them? I have. It's a terrible thing to have to endure. But people on the Holy Spirit who are intoxicated on Jesus and in love with Jesus, they, they just have a, a sweetness about them. It's, it's so, so, so wonderful. Uh, speaking, uh, the Methodists there get a bad rap for that. We were always said that we were opposed to drinking. Well, yes, we were. But one time, because most of our people at one time were very, very poor, frankly, and alcohol can break up a home. It can destroy a home, particularly a poor home, uh, where, where, where the breadwinner is intoxicated all the time. They can't, can't do any work. So, yes, we, we were great proponents of prohibition, and I'm not ashamed of it because we went through a period in our history when we needed Somebody to do that, and we did it. Verse 6, 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Well, look at that 19, just full of music. Music, all kinds, different kinds of musical stringed instruments. Make a melody in your heart. Maybe it doesn't have any lyrics. That's cool. Make whatever you got, make it. Make some noise in the, in the, sense of the joy of spiritual singing, uh, song, hymns. They, they are pathways to the Lord. And finally, in verse 20, he says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sweet-smelling savor. Eucharist again appears. Giving thanks always for all things unto God. See that? Giving thanks for in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And cuts off that verse 20. And now prepares to address what a husband and wife should do. What they should be like in their love for one another. So, real quick. His church is filled with people who love the Lord. Married people too. In there, because he's going to address that in a minute. God wants us, says Paul, to be obedient children. That's what the church is supposed to be like. Obedience. Holiness is to be a part of our faith. Making a real change in the way we behave toward each other. This, this, my dear friends, is the Holy Spirit doing the work in us. Not just a work for us, but a work in us. Ask God to help us be better people, more loving, more kinder, more gentle, more like real. Maybe church people ought to have been in the first place. Sanctified people, not just a bunch of justified people thanking Jesus for what he did, but a sanctified people, moved and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God to be clean and clean ourselves up, our community up, but at least make a stand where we know we can stand on the good ground of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Isn't that a good lesson? I think it is. And I enjoyed being with you this morning and hope you did too being here. And I'll see you next time when we can get together again and study the Bible. All right? Okay. Bye-bye.
Brilha a luz que é nua 